0: Hey folks, welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, head to BuyersAuto.com. If you're looking for stuff, stick right here today. Myself, Zach Carpenter, and Spencer Holbrook, and a special guest, we'll be talking about some key factors coming up in the Ohio State defensive line recruiting efforts, and uh, we're going to try to break down a little bit about the changes coming to LettermanRow.com with on 3 Sports that began in earnest on Thursday morning. So uh, stick with us and uh, let's get to the show. Welcome, fellas. How's your, how's our day? How's everyone?
1: Uh, It's going off without a hitch, right? No issues at all. Everything's been going just so smooth. Nothing, no complaints at all. Spencer, Spencer,
2: same? It's a big day. Um, I was reading through the Letterman Lounge and I love that, by the way, the Letterman Lounge, and was uh, finding out some things about our new people, our new homies, the subscribers. Uh, it's been a good day. Yeah, you know, I want to be clear with people. And, and I, I feel in some way,
0: I don't, I don't want to say bad, but as I said, when we met on Monday, when we were at Roosters doing the, the live version of Talking Stuff, that we don't exactly know everything that's happening either. So, you know, we're, it, for us, we've been dealing with the independent life for a while. Uh, We're not a part of independent life anymore. We're not part of a a network beyond three sports network. And so there are things we're trying to adjust to Zach's content. My content initially is going to be, I guess, uh, pretty heavily behind a paywall, but I I didn't know that until Thursday morning. So now I do. Um, And I I don't like that. So I want to be clear because I don't, I I feel bad about that at times, but I also hope that people out there watching this, listening to this, heading over to lettermanrow.com understand that what we're asking Uh, is for about three cents a day to give a chance uh, to our work and to support it in this first year uh, as we're part of a network. And Spencer, most of your stuff, your content will still be free as covering the team side of things. But for analysis and recruiting stuff, Zach and I uh, are going to be tucked away. But it's three cents a day. And I, I, I feel like that's reasonable. Do you or not?
1: And and I wanted to say something like we're not just going to be sitting here overselling it and hammering you over the head with it about how awesome our content is. just a must read that type of deal and just like really just beat a dead horse with that. Let us I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be really good stuff, but let us prove that to you. I mean, and, and it, it really is. It's not an overly expensive option right now with the deals we have going on. So, I mean, I, I back it up. I think it's worth it. I, I know it's going to be worth it um in the short and long term berm i think tucked
2: i think tucked away for three cents a day can be a little bit of a tagline that you've got going there
0: Uh, i mean i i already have a tattooed. i'm not going to show you though um you know,
2: I, I just don't want people to feel like we're
0: trying to pull one over on them or, you know, pull the rug out from underneath them or some other directional thing that involves a cover of some sort. We're, you know, we're, we're learning and we're going to you know do the best we can to make sure that it's worth uh, your money, even if that is only three cents a day. I, I, I take a lot of pride in the work we do. Uh, and how we've always done it. I know that's one of the reasons why we went after Zach. We really liked the content that he was making uh, with 11 Warriors and the deeper look at, at players that the Buckeyes are recruiting. And, um, you know, the big thing for me, and I've talked about this and Spencer will attest uh, over the last couple of years, I, I really think that it's vitally important for our website uh, to have a community base and a community field where people can get together and talk and not just talk about Ohio State football or recruiting, but I want to talk about everything with people. And that's why the name of this show is Talking Stuff, because in my ideal world, this show would be about a lot more than just recruiting. We would talk about pop culture. We would talk about food. We'd talk about beer. We'd, we'd combine all the elements of Letterman Live and, and Road Beers and everything else into one show. And uh, as we continue to grow, we might see more of that on this show. I don't know. I know Zach likes to to talk, uh, to wax poetic about random stuff. So I just want people to know that, that we're adjusting uh, with you. And if there's Questions, concerns, comments, you can email any of us, Zach at Letterman Row, Spencer at Letterman Row, Berm at Letterman Row, find us on Twitter. Um, You know, any way that you can reach out to us to say, hey, this is not what I thought, or this is what I'd like to see change. And we're open to it. So please use us uh, and and give us an opportunity to to earn your money as much as we've earned your trust over the last few years.
2: And uh, if I add to that, like, I think I got my three cents worth today. Um, you, you Somebody mentioned that there was a, you know, a highly ranked guy that was, you know, on the fence about committing to Ohio state or looking into Ohio state. And you just went ahead and dropped the name in there berm for people. So, I mean, like I got my three cents out of today. Cause I didn't know that we hadn't discussed that at all. And you just dropped that, uh, you know, that bomb in the, in the ask anything talking stuff chat already in the Letterman lounge and boom, these people have their, their money's worth already. So I think it's going to be a great thing for Letterman row. You know, I I joined a year after you and Austin and, and will started this thing and uh, I'm really excited to just uh, continue to move forward and and see where this thing takes us.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. But you know, it's just going to be a, a, a process. So I just, I'm asking people to stay patient with us, give us that opportunity to earn it. Zach is going to have a lot of stuff coming throughout the month here that I think you're really going to want to read. I'm going to do my best to keep, uh, you know, making sure that Ohio State recruiting is covered the way people have seemed to enjoy it over the last few years. And, and Spencer and Zach and I and other people that we bring into the fold here in the next couple of weeks will be doing our best to make sure that those message boards are an active, engaged conversation. So, you know, with that said, we should probably figure out what we're talking about today. I'm talking stuff presented by Byers Auto. And guys, like, there's an undercurrent of of doubt creeping into Ohio State recruiting fans' minds, I think, about the defensive line, right? Like, what is going on? What is going on on the defensive line? Why isn't anyone committed? Why has Larry Johnson not had anyone commit yet? So we're gonna talk today almost exclusively about the defensive line. And we're gonna start by bringing in Nikki Chavanel, who covers uh, national recruiting for on three sports. She was recently in Oklahoma and she was there with Chris McClellan, who a lot of people thought was going to commit to Ohio state early July and hasn't yet. So we're going to ask Spencer to go get himself a drink of water. Zach and I are going to talk to Nikki and then we'll be back with, uh, Spencer after that. So give us a one second. We'll be back with Nikki Chavanel from on three sports. Okay. We're back. Thank you for your patience, Nikki Chavanel. On three sports, Zach Carpenter, Jeremy Birmingham, and Nikki. we were talking going into the break about the defensive line and Ohio State's recruiting efforts there. The Buckeyes want like five or six dudes at that position in 2022. And last month when Chris McClellan made his official visit to Ohio State, he told me when he left that he was going to go home, talk to his parents because he thought like it was done. Ohio State made a very uh, concerted push to get him to understand the value of being the first guy in that group. And now here we are five and a half, six weeks later, and he hasn't committed. He visited Oklahoma last weekend and Buckeyes fans all across the country are tightening. Like what what, you went and saw Chris a few weeks ago. What was your vibe that you got from him uh, there at Owasso?
3: Yeah, well, he was definitely mentioning Ohio state a lot. That was top of mind for him. And I talked to his head coach. I talked to his teammates. I asked them where he thinks, where, where they think he's going and they said Ohio state, but for him, he did mention he, he might still want to take uh, other visits, even though he didn't plan any other visits. He mentioned Clemson is discussing, you know, something with him. So uh, it just feels like maybe he's just not quite ready to shut his recruitment down yet because he was a, a late kind of star that, that bloomed. So uh, he didn't get those bigger offers until, you know, later in the spring and in the summer. So maybe he's just not quite ready to shut it down.
1: Yeah, and Nikki, I mean, I know he uh, he talked about Ohio State sort of maybe pushing a little bit. I mean, like we've said, no defensive line commitments. I think um, uh has talked about uh, Ohio State wants, wants Chris McClellan to be the first one in that class. So, um, did you get any sense that maybe he was kind of turned off by the idea that they were they were pushing, or do you think that uh, didn't really? Uh, do you think that really didn't play any sort of factor with with uh, his with his decision? With his decision?
3: No, I don't, I don't. I don't think it. He was feeling negative about that. I think he likes that they, you know, are prioritizing him. Um, I asked him if he felt that way with Alabama because you know I, I have a focus on on the Crimson Tide, and he mentioned, "Well, Alabama doesn't really do that, but they kind of do if if they really, really want you." So I think he does appreciate um, that attention from them, and he mentioned that Ryan Day would say, you know wherever you commit, we're still going to like you. We're still going to be big Chris McClellan fans. Like we want to, uh, you know, we want you here, but we still want the best for you no matter what. Uh, so I, I think he appreciates that attitude. I just, uh, don't know if he's, uh, quite ready to not take any more visits. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening this fall, but, um, I don't know. I don't think it'll take too much more for him to actually shut it down.
0: I think what's happened to a lot of kids here, Nikki, and and you can correct me if if you think I'm wrong, is that they all thought going through the COVID wait, the wait, the wait, the wait, that they were going to make their visits and know where they wanted to go to school. And I think a lot of them might have realized that, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. And I actually quite enjoy all this attention I didn't get a chance to get for the previous 16 months. A kid like Chris, as you mentioned, I mean, his offers, the big ones, the Ohio State's, the Alabama's, they didn't come till the end of the spring. And at that point in his mind, he probably already had a, like a set thought, like, OK, it's going to be Florida or Oklahoma. That's it. And then all of a sudden you see Oklahoma getting competition from Ohio State, from Alabama, from Clemson. Have you noticed with talking to kids and again, you're, you're sort of new to covering Alabama with free sport. So I want to make sure we're clear to people. But and I've covered Ohio State now for about 10 years the deference that Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson get from these kids is unbelievable. Isn't it? Like they, they very clearly understand the difference.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, I see kids post like, Oh, I I was lucky to have been able to commit to one of these schools. Like you just don't see that yeah. at other schools. You know, I covered Arkansas before and kids aren't like begging to commit like, like they do for, for these other programs. So it's, it's a big difference. Uh, But McClellan, I think, you know, he's got a big senior year coming up at Owasso. He's playing for a former D1 head football coach. So uh, he's probably just enjoying this time that he has right now. And uh, he's only taken, what, three of his five official visits. So just kind of keeping the door open.
1: And something I wanted to bring up um, was if, if we're doing if if this is sort of maybe potentially coming down to an Ohio State versus, versus uh, Cle- or uh, Oklahoma battle. Um, I'm wondering, I, I know Oklahoma's defense is kind of uh, going through sort of a, a retooling, um, a rebuild, if you will. And it, I know there's a lot of optimism in uh, at, at Oklahoma that this is going to be a year the defense kind of turns it around fully under Alex Grinch. Did you get any sort of sense of potentially Chris McCullough? Maybe that's a reason he's wanting to wait, or some of these kids are wanting to wait to see if that turnaround actually does come to fruition?
3: Um, I really didn't get the the sense that he's kind of waiting to see how teams do this season. I think it's uh, just about um, being sure that he's making the right decision, because I think that if he was to commit to Ohio State, he'd feel really good about it. But then he would maybe still want to go take visits if coaches, uh, you know, asked him to come visit.
0: I think that's the biggest thing. Ohio State continues to battle here with defensive line recruits is that there's this underlying current that larry johnson is old and he's going to retire tomorrow and like it's it's simply he's still younger than nick saban but yet no one seems to talk about nick nick saban has benjamin button disease or reverse benjamin button disease obviously because he's getting younger every single year but you know what you hear from these kids about ohio state is oh larry johnson is the greatest larry johnson's greatest but what if he leaves and i think that uh that's something that other schools continue to have to play toward but I want to veer away from that. Did you get a chance to see Chris actually work out practice? What was it that you were doing at Owasso? Because, you know, for those people out there who, who didn't get a chance to see his film or uh, wondering why did a kid of six foot five, 285 pounds who moves the way he does, why did it take so long for people to see him?
3: Yeah, I don't know why that is, because he's obviously very impressive. Uh, when you see him now, he's he's really big. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", um, and they, they weren't having a full-on practice. It was still while they were doing uh, just workouts and conditioning to get ready for that part um, of their fall camp. But, yeah, he immediately stands out. He's really, really big, but very athletic. Uh, you know, the way that he moves, you would think that he – Uh, is just you know a lot lighter Um, yeah he almost
0: moves like a defensive end very quick feet
3: they they have plans for him to even use him at tight end at Owasso this season so one of those types of guys so uh, I was very impressed and I had seen him at a camp and he had dominated there as well so um, I I'm surprised that people didn't see him sooner but Oklahoma is one of those states where you just kind of have to stumble upon them. Uh,
0: yeah, and that was the rivals MVP camp, right? He was the MVP of the defensive line for you guys when you were with rivals.
3: Yeah. I mean, he just destroyed everyone that he went up against for the most part, like I was doing highlights and it was pretty much all of his were good.
0: Well, Nikki, I told you, we're not going to keep you long. I want to let you get out of here, but we have to ask a question. So I'm talking stuff brought to you by buyers Auto. we do uh, the perfect ending. And today, you're in the middle of the show. So you don't get to be a part of the perfect ending. There is a theme song. It's uh, being written by Zach.
1: So Zach, will you that's, ask Nikki that's in beta I thought me and berm going back and forth, you know, yeah, we're, trying to, berm, we're trying to, we're trying to, you know, perfect, try to make beat. perfect song to the perfect ending.
0: But uh, Zach, go ahead and ask Nikki today's perfect
1: uh, ending question, please. Nikki, what is your favorite appetizer? And if you want to go crazy, you got to give us uh, your favorite appetizer. And an appetizer, uh, a, an Alabama player that relates to that appetizer?
3: Um, I'm a big like shrimp cocktail gal, mostly because of the, like the horseradish in the, in the cocktail sauce. Um, but I can't really think of an Alabama player that would like, I can't, I can't really picture any of them. Well, Bryce me. Young
0: is sort of a shrimp.
3: <laughs> that's true that's true like in my mind he's a lot bigger than he actually is in yeah. real life Please, so,
1: Bryce yeah, Young, don't a still on the team that'd be perfect that'd be a yes. perfect. Bryce,
0: Bryce Young don't be mad at me you're you're short but you're still a really good football player the end
1: yeah yeah okay it.
0: well well yeah. Nikki thank you for taking time um and are you a tartar sauce girl or is it more just strictly cocktail sauce
3: pretty much just the just the cocktail sauce yeah
1: What's the, the St. Elmo shrimp cocktail, the the really spicy? Have you had that one? I've everyone? had it,
3: and it was so good.
1: If you've been to Indy, you have to, yeah, you have to try that. I've only did, I have only did one of them, and I it just, I don't know. I, I couldn't handle more than, I couldn't handle more than one. So you're, you're. Clear you to <laughs> she, she covers Alabama. There's a fairly good
0: chance we're going to see her in Indianapolis in January. So Nikki, thank you for taking time to join us. Have a good rest of your day and uh, a fun weekend as we get back to football in person and like games actually starting soon. So thanks for taking time.
3: Thanks guys. Congrats on the launch.
0: See ya. Spencer's back. I know you were there listening, Spencer the whole time because you're a weirdo like that. But what did you get out of this? As
1: you heard her talk about Shots fired right away, right? When he comes (laughs) in. there yeah, really is animosity between you two.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, Yeah, wow. yeah Should ahead. we address that? Should we address that, uh, folks? Well, if yeah. Why or... do you?
1: Yeah, Spencer. Why do you hate Berm? Berm. Yeah. Why well, do you hate Spencer? Let's go.
2: First. Maybe of this all, should I be, be the know... perfect thing. I want to know why it's weird if I was listening while you it's, guys were talking for ten it's minutes. Not,
0: it's not weird. I was joking. Gosh, you're so sensitive. That's
2: why people think you hate me, Berm.
0: Because quit, uh, because rolling, rolling your shots. eyes and being, quit rolling your eyes and
2: being uh,
1: emotional. Spencer, uh, quit, quit texting me bad stuff about Berm right now. Like, come on, man. Just a bad start. Now,
0: I, I want to talk about this, actually, before we head on to talking about the other defensive line targets for Ohio State in 2022. But I think it's actually funny because in, in the course of the last three years, I've had YouTube commenters suggest that I uh, don't get along with Austin, that
1: I don't get along with him, that I don't get along with Spencer. and. I'm sure in the next- so The Austin one was something I was curious about. I, I asked Berman, we're, we're in California. I'm like, so do you and Austin like each other? He just started laughing. He's like, yes, we like each other.
0: We're, we're like brothers. I, sometimes I want to punch my brother in the face. Sometimes he wants to punch me in the face, but we love each other. It's, we, we realize that we work very well together. Zach, you and I are going to have conversations on this show in the next like six months where people are going to YouTube comment, oh boy, it's pretty obvious these two don't like each other. Like I like everybody. I just have this face that makes me look, I don't know, grumpy. ELE from SemiPro, everybody love everybody. Yeah, that's man. my motto. Everybody love everybody. We, we're all a very bunch of uh, strong-willed, strong personalities, and that's why we work well together. Spencer's coming along and learning how to be more demonstrative, and eventually... <laughs> see you see folks he doesn't like he's like my little brother okay and sometimes you gotta you gotta pull your little brother along but that's not that i don't i love the kid love him all
2: right and, all
1: right so spencer's got a huge me and
2: burma,
1: me and burma are like twins you know I was, I was actually told that me and burma look alike and i couldn't tell i couldn't tell if if that was a if that was a joke from one of our one of our colleagues said, all right, yeah, Burm looks like your older brother. I'm like, all right. All right. I yeah, mean, I am I'm way, trying I'm trying much older. I am much older. Spencer's got a huge weekend coming up.
0: Let's talk about football instead because we don't want to, you know, dive into that. I'm talking, Spencer, of course, I'm talking about all the practices we get to see camp check in at the hotel, et cetera, on Sunday. So.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about E.N.A. White and, and his recruitment and Kenyatta Jackson and his recruitment and, and, Okay, um, you know, other guys. He sure. Spencer, Spencer,
0: Spencer, why don't you navigate us through these muddy waters, okay? Because I'm interested to see where you take it. Wh- who do you want to talk about first? Well,
2: somebody's got to take control of this show. So yeah, absolutely. I guess I will. Uh let's see let's folks it's getting more demonstrative. I told you.
1: See the- put your foot down. There you go. All
2: right, let's stay on the inside. I want to talk about Hero canoe. I want to talk about Caden Curry, but he's a potential combo guy who could play a little bit. Inside a little bit outside, let's stay on the inside. Let's talk about those two and the way that you guys kind of are feeling your way through these recruitments.
1: Berm, uh, I'll start with you. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll start, I'll start, Berm. Yeah, um, yes,
2: yes.
1: So, I okay. mean, with Hero Canoe, that, that was uh, I wasn't on, I wasn't on with you guys yet. And I know Berm was talking about how he sees him as a five star, there's no reason he shouldn't be a five star, and that was kind of one of the first times I, I disagreed with Berm. I, I mean, I, I liked. I liked Hero when he was uh, when he was working out, and um, I, I think there's a clear personality fit between him and Larry Johnson. Like Larry Johnson, you could tell had this energy about him, and like and loved the loved the kid. Um, but and we were coming off of seeing Christian Miller the week before, and I I got the sense that I mean watching Hero work out, he's listed at six five, I think two forty five. Now I think I'm making that the no late, no, he's less, uh,
0: he's at like two eighty five.
1: Okay, yeah, I was, I was just making the weight up. I I remember the height. He was uh, he's listed at six five, and I was talking. Crushed to it, crushed it, crushed it. I was so close. Um, and he's more of a he's more of a six 6'3", three, maybe six three and a half. He's not he's not quite as big as 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 he's listed. And then the week before, we saw Christian Miller, and I mean he he looked more of the uh, he looked like more of uh, an inside guy where uh, as to where Hero maybe maybe. Um, Maybe wouldn't be as much of a stopgap for that, um, but no, I, I think that Hero, the, the Hero moved a little, a little more fluid or a lot more fluidly than Christian. But um, yeah, and
0: that's what I'm looking at when I say like I think that when I see Hero Canoe the same way that I felt um, seeing Mateo Uyangalele like uh, they're the what they're working with right now compared to what they can get to to me that I. Not everyone who's a five-star in the future is a five-star now, but would you look at with Hero Canoe, a kid that has just really been learning how to play football the last two and a half years. He's not in the physical shape that you would expect a player of that national rapport and national caliber to be in, but the, the quickness, the, the way he used his hands, the way he learned things like on the fly from Larry Johnson the footwork, the 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 raw strength, and that's the thing. Like you see him when we we got to watch him against Josh Padilla, and the first rep against Josh Padilla, he just flat out rocked Padilla. I and mean, you're talking about a an all state level wrestler and Josh Padilla, someone that knows how to handle balance and footwork and all those things. And what you saw with Hero Canoe was someone who is just barely scraping the barrel uh, of what he's capable of, and I, that's why I'm so excited about his upside. Um, but to your point, Zach, absolutely, the personality fit, that is a kid who fits at Ohio State and a kid who Larry Johnson uh, could mold into something really, really great. And that's why, to me, I think he's a five-star player down the road. I don't know if he is now. Obviously, he's at Santa Margarita, Catholic out there in California. So he's playing against Modern Day. We watched – if you go back and watch the tape against Modern Day last year, he dominated that game. And, and that's what you like to see is a kid who just has, like, unlimitless, limitless upside.
2: And I think, I guess, to, to add my two cents into this, I, Zach, I understand where you're coming from. berm I understand where you're coming from. I think I would place him in that very high four-star, low five-star. I, mean, I talked about this a little bit with you, Berm, when we did our version of the list uh, about Hero Canoe. I wasn't sure if he was a five-star, but if you're going on potential, I mean, this guy has every bit of potential that you could possibly ask for. He's just starting to tap into that. And I think that's why he's the kind of guy that you can see on the five-star line, if more people get eyes on him, because, because of that potential. You know, we've seen guys before Zach Harrison was a top 10 prospect. I'm not comparing the two, but Zach Harrison was a top 10 prospect and wasn't even, you know, dominating his high school games. It was based on the raw potential, athleticism, ability to get off the ball, this the quick first step. Everything he showed you showed you that he could be a five-star caliber college player, but he wasn't a five-star prospect. Yeah. And I think that's where Hero Canoe can can really make his move up these recruiting rankings um, in, in the on 300 or the other services is the fact that he has potential that no one's seen before because he's just starting to play football. And,
1: and that's and the that's difference. I wanted to say he, yeah, he, go ahead. the high four star. Absolutely. I didn't, I, I don't want to come off as, uh, as um am bashing hero canoe. Cause he's obviously, he's, I mean, he, he flashed amazing potential. And I mean, I did, he was probably one of my top five favorite players. I saw um, this summer at the Ohio state camps. I just, I wasn't. I, I'm not. I wasn't as sold as uh, you guys were on the um, potential potential five star. But yeah. it, I wanted to get back to the personality thing because, um, and Burb, you could probably take it from here. He just uh, that personality fit is a big reason that we've that both of us have have him listed as in. Not to jump ahead of the in or out game, but it, that that sort of that love that uh, Larry Johnson can see, and you could see that uh years down the line you um, you can kind of picture it as you're watching them work one on one together that that would be sort of a perfect pairing. And now um I I now I can't remember offhand if you took an official visit to Alabama. I know that's Alabama's a, a school that's been um that's been kind of creeping up for him, but uh I I do feel good right now about about where things stand between um Ohio State and Canoe. Yeah. I mean he hasn't taken official visits anywhere yet. And that's the thing. He's
0: he had visited 16 different schools in, in the first 28 days of June. He's got another visit that, that he made to Notre Dame and then went back to Ohio State to, to get back at the end of July. It's a situation where you see a kid that is sorting, figuring out what the best fit for him is going to be, and Ohio State's a really good fit for a number of reasons, and that's why he's in, as you said, in both of our class predictions. But it's also a, a clear line for the difference between a Five-star player and a five-star prospect, and prospect means looking ahead, looking ahead to the future, and so to me, that's where Hero Canoe is in that mold for me. So um, that that's why I really like him. And you know, as a player goes, that versatility, and we talk about it all the time. Ohio State wants versatile guys; they want those dudes that can play multiple spots. His footwork, his quickness makes him able to move around that line, and and that's what I like about it.
2: Spencer, what were you? What was your next uh, thought there? Uh, The next thought is just. Caden Curry another guy you speak of versatility I think Caden Curry has the ability to play inside he has the ability to slide outside if you want a heavier package on the field like he has an opportunity in the Ohio State defense to really become whatever he wants to become I think he's the kind of player if Larry Johnson gets his hand on him and and begins to mold him he could be a special special defensive lineman at Ohio State And, and I just wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that
1: yeah. I mean, comparisons can sometimes be easier or, or lazy at times, but he really does. I saw him a couple times, um, And one uh, one time for a game last, last fall, he does have that Nick Bosa feel to him um, just sort of the way he moves and his body type. I don't know if, Berm, if you're seeing that, I, I can't remember if you've, you've touched no, on that's that. Definitely,
0: that's definitely the comparison I'd make. I mean, I, I, I see a kid that, and I told, I've said this before on, on other shows, if, if Caden Curry, was in Florida or in Texas, he'd be a top 25 player in the country. The kid is. His highlight tape is about as good as it gets. I know he's playing against Indianapolis competition. It's maybe not the same as 6A in Florida or, or Texas or whatever. Um, but this kid is really, really good, and that's why he's been not just one of Ohio State's top targets at defensive line for the last year. He's been the unequivocal top guy for Ohio State since – the pandemic began. I mean, this, this is a priority, 100% priority for Ohio state because at six foot four, 240 pounds or so right now that there's a lot of really awesome moldability there with, with, with Caden Curry, you can turn him into a lot of different things. Um, and, and you think, and Nick Bosa is the perfect combination of, of that inside power, but that outside speed rush and, uh, you know, we saw Nick at in his freshman year at Ohio State be a dominant, dominant player, um, more so than Joey was, more so than Chase Young was. And I think that Caden Curry is that type of player. And that's why Ohio State is going to go to the wire to battle Alabama, to battle Indiana, Clemson, Oregon for his uh, eventual commitment.
1: So I, I just thought of this and I was, uh, Berm, let me let me get your thoughts. Um, you, you talk about him being a uh, being that versatile player. Uh, I talked to Dasan McCullough at the opening, and he was telling me about how their Indiana's defense is going to be running sort of a, a 3-4 Georgia-style SEC defense. Um, I'm wondering whether – I know Indiana is one that's in uh, Caden Curry's top five. Uh, whether it's there or, or somewhere else, do you think he could fit in that 3-4 scheme, or is he more of a 4-3 player defense? I personally don't see him as a 3-4 edge
0: rusher. I don't think he's long enough to play on that – like. Outside linebacker stand-up type role, Uh, and I don't know that as a a three-four defensive end, he really fits. I I think where you can really manipulate his uh, talent is putting him on the edge in a five-tech or moving him down to a three and moving him in that spot. So um, this is all all of those little side games that people are playing, like with with Curry, like with Eni White, the same situation, uh, the five-star defensive end edge rusher from from Philadelphia. Like, how do you how do you see this? How do you see yourself is a huge question these kids have to ask. But also, when Larry Johnson tells you this is how you're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, at some juncture, you almost feel impelled to listen to him, don't you? Because that proof is in the pudding. If, if
1: I, that's, that's the, and I, and I, White was like the one, the one player that we disagreed on in the last, uh, in or out game. And to me, it's because the last two, it does come down to what he wants and the last, his entire high school career, basically, he's wanted to be that three, four outside linebacker combo guy who can rush off the edge. And I think Ohio State's one, maybe the only one or one of two that are uh, selling him on being a defensive end. So it's like,
0: uh, right. But here's what if, I think Ohio State can do Ohio State has a perfect response to that. And they say to a kid like Eni White, you said, hey, Eni, let us tell you about a defensive end we recruited named Brenton Cox. He was committed to Ohio state for quite a while. He was, we told him over and over and over, you're going to be a big time defensive end. You're going to be a star defensive end. And Brenton was from Georgia and Georgia told him, no, you're going to be an outside edge rusher. You're going to be a linebacker. You're going to be a difference maker in our defense at linebacker. And now Brenton Cox is a really good defensive end. Maybe the best defensive end in the sec at Florida, because he couldn't do what Georgia was tell- like, you, you have to at some point, and this is a conversation I've had with many kids, many coaches, many parents over the years. These coaches at a place like Ohio State, and, I, and this is not to knock coaches at Indiana or anywhere else. Ohio State is the top of the mountain when it comes to the profession. If an Ohio State coach, especially one like Larry Johnson, tells you this is your best path to getting generational wealth, uh, he's earned that right to tell you. And he's not telling you that for his own well-being. He's not telling you that for fun. He's not telling you that because Larry Johnson wants to make you do something you don't want to do. He's telling that because Larry Johnson knows what the hell he's talking about. And you should probably listen to him. There's The pride goeth before the fall for a lot of these kids. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. That's not the way the world works. You are who you are. And these guys get paid a lot of money to put you in the right position to win football games. So Listen to the coaches in the college level if they tell you that you're going to be something else.
2: Yeah, and I mean to go back on the original point of this conversation, like Caden Curry is. If I could build a three technique in a lab, I think I would build Caden Curry. Like the the kid just looks destined to play that three technique spot with the ability to slide outside if he wants to, or if he needs to, or if he develops into that kind of outside guy. And I think know, White. If you look at Enoy White, like I just don't see a three four linebacker at all. I see. No, I see him. I see a defensive end too. and and
0: I'll go way back for a lot of our recruiting fans are are younger. but like will Smith, when Will Smith came out of New York when he uh, came to Ohio State in two thousand and two, Will Smith was six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Like he was a skinny dude, like believing that he he had to see the future. And when Will Smith became an all- pro NFL defensive end, he was six foot four, two hundred and eighty five, two hundred and ninety pounds. Like your body changes a lot, especially when you go from uh, Philadelphia to Ohio state where you're sitting in, in the nothing doing nothing but eating and working out all day, every day. Like you're not going to be six foot four, 220 pounds
2: forever. And Berm, before we, we switch gears a little bit, the other, the guy that I think like this is a perfect example is Javante John Baptiste, who came in as a, as a linebacker at six foot four, 215 pounds. And we saw him on Wednesday and he looks six foot four, six foot five, 270 pounds. And he looks like he's completely re- you know, tooled his body and become a legitimate defensive end. I mean, that's a guy who you can point to and say, you want to play linebacker, but this guy wanted to play linebacker too. And look at him now, he's going to be in the rotation on the best defensive line in college football. So I think Here's that's a guy.
0: Yeah. I it, don't know. You're
2: 100%. 100% just more examples. We could roll these examples out. Like, like they're, you know, nobody's business because we've seen so many guys who you might want to play one position, but if you're told you're going to be a really good defensive end by Larry Johnson, you're going to be a really good defensive end. And if you want it to be by Larry Johnson, it can be by Larry Johnson.
0: We'll be back in a minute with more talking stuff presented by Byers Auto, and we'll talk more about the defensive line options for Ohio State in 2022. Welcome back, folks, to Talking Stuff, presented by Byers Auto, uh, Spencer Holbrook, and Zach Carpenter, and myself, Jeremy Birmingham. We're continuing to break down some of the Ohio State recruiting targets in the class of 2022, specifically on the defensive line. Um, You know, we're talking, guys, about just people switching positions and and having to trust and trust the coaching staff. That's why I think someone like Kenneth Grant, a defensive end uh, in nobody's mind, a defensive tackle at 6'5", 350 pounds, from Merrillville, Indiana – is so interesting to people. I mean, this is a kid who first day of camp in June, right? June 2nd, we all walk into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center and we're like, oh, we're back everyone. Hey, what's going on? We're, you know, finger gunning all over the place. And then we're like, who the heck is this kid at six foot five, 350 pounds? And why is he running so fast? And I think there was a moment there for just a second where I felt like after 16 months of COVID waiting for the next horrible thing to happen to the world, And I thought it was Godzilla.
2: He's huge. Kenneth Grant is huge. He's a massive individual. And to watch to watch him move the way he moved in front of Larry Johnson in a 40-yard dash was one of the most impressive things I saw in the entire month of camp. And and I'm not saying he's one of the most impressive players I saw by any means, because I think he's a good player. I don't think he's like a five-star type guy like a lot of the guys we saw at camp. But to watch a 350-pound individual move the way he moved in a 40-yard setting was as impressive of a feat as you're going to see in that month of camp.
1: Yeah, it was a 5. Point, what was it? 5.01 40-yard yeah. dash, whatever it was. And uh, Brian Hartline, we had, he asked for the uh, the card, the picture of the uh, the testing card. He's like he sees it. Hartline sees 5.01 or, or 5.01 or five flat, whatever. He's like, just widen yeah. his eyes, like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was Larry
0: Johnson's reaction too. Larry Johnson watching it happen live, like you could see, like the the saucers light up, like holy moly! And you know, this is a three team race for Kenneth Grant between Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Right now, he took an official visit to Michigan over the weekend of June twenty or July twenty eighth or whatever last weekend was. Been to Ohio State and Wisconsin for officials, and I, I don't. I think it comes down to this very simply: Is Larry Johnson going to say yes to Kenneth Grant? If he does, I think he'll end up at Ohio State.
2: I so completely believe, I believe. Wow. I completely agree. I believe he, I think he's going to be in the class. That's Achilles. That's a, Achilles. Achilles heel. Achilles.
1: Achilles.
2: I knew that was going to
1: get brought <laughs> up. I knew it.
2: I knew it. I knew it. I didn't even
1: realize in the moment that you pronounced it wrong. until I listened back later. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's got a unique New York. You got to, got to do your voice, uh, Voice uh, uh now see now you guys, it's it's going around now. Now I can't speak properly. All right, so it's,
0: let's it's talk. spreading faster than any other uh, variant. <laughs> the
2: Achilles variant.
0: <laughs> anyway, Spencer, uh, next guy. Let's keep it moving here, buddy. Okay, we're we're pushing the envelope.
2: Zach's who, got Well, Okay, Spencer, get the show back on track. Who who who's next? Who do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Amari Abor? Do you want to talk about the guy that you brought up on the message board as a potential Ohio State target, maybe not an Ohio State target? Kind of a weird situation there. I don't want to – I'm going to talk about anybody you want,
0: but let's talk Abor first because I think it's a shorter discussion. It's Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. I, I don't know. I, the more that kid uh, handles his recruitment, the, you know, the less I think he ends up at Ohio State. I don't believe he'll end up – I think that that's a kid who – in my mind, just is a Bama guy. He's physically a college player already. I just see him as a kid that um, really is more likely to stay close to home. That's why we had him out uh, when we talked on the show on Monday. Uh, I just feel like what you see with Omari Abor is that he might be looking for um, a chance to go in and, and play right away as a freshman, and I don't know that Ohio State necessarily is going to have that for him.
1: It's also one of those things. I think he took two visits to Alabama this summer, and um, it's something we talked about when we talked about Derek LeBlanc um, when he took three visits to Ohio State when you're coming when you're when you're going on a visit to the school that often that frequently whether it's on your own dime or not, uh, but especially when it's on uh, on your own dime, um, that's that's gonna be more telling than, uh, than anything. I don't think um, it, yeah, I mean, I just it, it does feel like it's starting to trend. Alabama a little bit there
0: yeah I think that's one and LSU remains in the um in the mix there as well and it's not a situation where Ohio State doesn't really like Amari Abor they do he's a he's a difference maker type player but if you look at the defensive end situation that Ohio State has uh, it's going to be used against them right now is that Zach Harrison's a junior Javante John Baptiste is a junior you got Zach Harrison you got Jack Sawyer you got JT Tumalo you got all these dudes and I I don't think that the coaches around the country are going to be telling recruits, Hey, just so you know, Zach Harrison's probably going pro. Just so you know, Javante Javante, like there's a, those are real discussions happening at Ohio state, but those players who Ohio state is saying to, to recruits, these guys probably won't be here. Those players are being told. Those guys are still going to be there at Ohio state. So it's this weird catch 22. And I think that's why um, Omari Yabor may end up closer to home. One of the reasons why, uh, and that's, you know, the guy we're talking about on, on the uh, Letterman Lounge, the lettermanrow.com message forum, if you sign up with On3Sports and Letterman Row, uh, was Curtis Perry from Alabama. I think that it's a player we haven't talked a whole lot about. and Maybe we should have at least uh, given a little bit more insight into his visit that he made. So he visited the weekend of June 4th through June 6th when Ohio State had all their big official visitors, right? And all, all these kids from around the country, including Omari Ebor, And he wanted to be there for that weekend. And he made that visit on his own dime, coming up from Alabama for an unofficial visit, the biggest weekend of the year for Ohio State, and just to camp, just to work out for Larry Johnson. And I think that maybe we should have given a little more cre- credence to that. Like, there's probably a reason you're doing that, right? Like, you must really like something about Ohio State.
2: I I would completely agree. I, if If you're going to make the visit, make the trek like that, you got to see something in Ohio State that you don't see from other schools because it's the first weekend of recruiting in 16 months. He could have win anywhere. He yeah, win he's, anywhere. He, yeah, he's, a top,
0: he's a top 50 player in the country, and I think what you have to or what I find interesting here is that it doesn't seem like Alabama's really pushing for him to commit to Alabama. And uh, I think right now if his decision uh, comes in August as it's expected to, I think it'll end up being Auburn, but Ohio State can sort of dictate how that goes for them uh, moving forward. I think I, I, if if they really went and pushed there, I think Ohio State would land Curtis Perry.
2: Fair enough, fair enough, well, okay. Who, who else, uh, who else? What do we got before we move we've on got, to, the, to the perfect ending. Uh, I think the last guy is gonna be Kenyatta Jackson.
0: Okay, this is one where the, the YouTube users slash subscribers slash commenters had a little uh, question mark, Zachary, why? Why are they worried?
1: Uh, because for so long, it looked like it looked like Kenyatta Jackson was going to be was going to be a lean from when he was uh, offered a, a year and a half ago, two years ago, almost. I think now I can't I can't remember. It's the time been I a while. It, I know Ohio State made such an early, early um, impact on him. And then you have his teammate Ryan Turner who commits. So then everyone assumes or at least hopes. All right. Well, that's going to be a mini package deal there and he's going, to be able to, he's going to be able to get his teammate to come up. And now, now it seems like he's training Oklahoma, so now everyone seems to be like, well, this came out of nowhere then, right? Yeah, and
0: I, yeah. But the thing is, Oklahoma and Ohio State have been back and forth here for a couple months. He took the official visit to Ohio State. He took an official visit to Oklahoma. He, I think a lot of the momentum comes from the fact that he came back to Ohio State for that barbecue and bash last week. Uh, making the trip up with ryan turner and i i don't know why but there was a a subset i think of buckeye fans that believed um a commitment was going to come from him shortly thereafter but his father's been pretty clear that nothing is going to happen with him until after the oklahoma visit that they take on september 11th and so as i start to just kind of piece the puzzles together that's the reason why i said that i thought he'd be out because if that that visit to oklahoma has to be very important for some reason uh and I don't know, maybe it's because he wants to go there and see what their new look defense is, like we talked about potentially with Chris McClellan. Um, but the Sooners have been a big part of that for a while. They, they do actually really, really well recruiting South Florida. Uh, and, and they've got some really strong relationships down there in that area. And um, I, I don't know what happens with the recruitment of Kenyatta Jackson. Let's say, let's say Eni White committed to Ohio State in August. I think that there's a real chance that those two end up splitting at this point, uh, not going to the same place because they're sort of the same player. That's, that's, I guess, ultimately that's the thought behind that. Again,
1: I think in- I,
2: there's a, I'm, I'm curious. Not, Jim, I'm, I'm, I just
1: wanted to keep <laughs> it sort of a, a bigger picture thing here with, I mean, the last two cycles, Ohio state's kind of, I mean, they've kind of, they've been sort of a, a rival with Oklahoma on the recruiting trail, but they've won like, Felt like every battle that they had with Oklahoma with Emeka, Buka, Travion, uh, Henderson, obviously Jansen Dunn and Ryan Watts. We all know what happened with those. But does it feel like Oklahoma now might be turning it a little bit? At least, uh, I mean, we're talking about Kenyatta Jackson Jackson and Chris McClellan um, as a couple, uh, couple Ohio State Oklahoma battles. I mean, does it feel like anything's turning there in the bigger picture or is it just sort of maybe a one off? So, Oklahoma, I know if, if they do turn things around on the defense, I don't know if we could see – we could start seeing a turnaround in their defense recruiting as well. I'm just I'm curious to hear what, what you've been thinking about that. Spencer, from the football side,
0: I mean, think about this. I mean, the, that – as we talked about last week uh, about on the Moving Targets episode of Talking Stuff, like, uh, Oklahoma is going to be telling every kid in America, we're in the SEC now, like, it's different. The, the defense will be different. It's not going to be the, the Big 12. How much of an impact, Spencer, do you think that's going to have on kids?
2: I think it could have some impact. I don't think it's going to, it's going to move the, the needle entirely, but I think it could have a little bit of an impact. I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, if you can sell the SEC all you want if you're Oklahoma, but at the same time, Alabama's going to sell that they win the SEC. So, I mean, Cle- Georgia's going to sell that they, they can win the SEC East every year until Oklahoma comes, and then probably thereafter, because I don't think Oklahoma is going to be winning that conference a lot, I mean, that's just personal opinion, but like you can sell the SEC all you want. But when you're going against teams that like, like Ohio state and Clemson, they're recruiting pitches easy. Like we're winning the big 10 and going to the college football playoff. Oklahoma's recruiting pitches. Now we're going to the SEC and it's like, okay, that's fine. You're going to the SEC. are we going to play in the college football playoff or are you going to lose to Alabama? So, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a give and take when it comes to Oklahoma pitching the SEC, because you can pitch it all you want, but are you going to beat Alabama? I don't think so. Are you going to beat LSU regularly? Probably not. Are you going to beat Georgia all the time? Probably not. So it, it's interesting to me.
0: I don't know. I, I just think that it's one of these situations where we have a program that has been clear about like where they're at. Oklahoma, anyone objectively knows that they're – top five, top six program in the country. The difference between Ohio State, Alabama and Clemson at this point and everyone else, and that includes Georgia, that includes Alabama, that includes LSU that they're sort of an anomaly because they won the championship two years ago. Um, those other teams are winning playoff games and not just getting there. And I think that a lot of those big decisions from these kids that are considering all these top schools come down to that simply put, like we can point to winning games when it matters can this team do it? And until that actually happens, I think then you'll see Ohio state continue to beat Oklahoma in some of these battles head to head. Um, And I don't know if, if Oklahoma being in the sec makes that easier or harder for them, because, you know, as the playoff expands, Oklahoma is going to continue to get into the playoff as the third or fourth sec team, because that's how this is going to go. Like we need to, I think I mean, that's a whole different show. If that playoff expands to 12 teams, People need to get, wrap their head pretty quickly around the idea that it's going to be three or four SEC teams in there, and Oklahoma will
2: be one of them. So, an eight and four Oklahoma, and eight and four Oklahoma with losses to Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and LSU gets in the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, hey, I, I, at this point, anything's possible. I agree. And, and, Berm, while we're, Berm, Zach, both of you guys, while we're on the subject of defensive linemen, one of the guys that, that's flying super under the radar when it comes to Ohio State. He, he's got Ohio State in his top six. He made an official visit on the key weekend. And then we kind of just don't hear much about him anymore. And I don't know if, if you guys can provide some insight on that. But a guy like Nick James from from IMG Academy took his official visit on the first weekend of June when all of the the biggest targets, it was almost like a, an invite only. He comes on that visit with everyone else. We start talking about him quite a bit. He takes an official visit to South Carolina as his other official visit the weekend of June 21st. And we haven't talked about him since the visit. So I just wonder where did that go and what happened there?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty simple. Go ahead, Zach. go ahead. I'm wondering if uh, it's sort of one of those things where he's coming off the visit and there's uh, it's sort of the post-visit glow. And then maybe he sort of one of those things where he was, he was, was nearing a decision potentially. And then once he sort of took a step back, um, from everything he he wanted to uh, he want to evaluate his, his his options more and um, I'm not sure if if Ohio State potentially is looking at looking at other options down the line or um, I don't know what the the exact pecking order is there but when we have all these other um, when, they, when we have all these other options of uh, uh, Kenneth Grant Chris McClellan all the guys that we keep um, that we keep mentioning uh, uh, Hero Canoe
0: Christian I'm, Miller Tayden yeah, Curry all these guys yeah. I mean, Spencer, think about it. He's also the the, the, the last thought on the show, right? Like it, it's not, he's not the last thought on accident. He's the last thought because right now, I think the situation is that Nick James believes he can play at a place like Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or something like that. And he wants to play at a place like that. And so if if you want to play at a place like that, you might need to wait a little bit longer to make your decision until, until some other things sort out for those teams. Uh, South Carolina, uh, which is probably the the favorite in his recruitment right now, the, those guys are gonna wait for you to sign on signing day. So you, you're you okay holding off. They're not gonna run out of spots for you at South Carolina. The other schools that he's interested in uh, are still sorting through their top options. Uh, I like just combining words. I'm big into word synergy. You say word, navigate. To navigate options. Let's just throw them all in, the, in that uh, document we got going on. Um, and so I think it's ultimately that. The Buckeyes have other t- t- options and uh, they're, they're trying to wait for those options t- t- to figure out their plans. And then they, they really like Nick James. You don't you don't spend the money on the official visit for a kid if you don't really like it. And so, you know, but it's there's still a pecking order to life. There's still an order to everything. You know, we still have priorities, prioritize.
2: Are we ready for the perfect ending?
0: The perfect ending. Are we?
1: Uh, let's we, get to the perfect we, we ending. we got to work uh, on the- here. The perfect
2: ending is here.
1: It can't be like the inner-out theme that you guys. It can't be the same as that. You got, we got yeah, that, one, that one changes every time. time.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, YouTube readers, watchers, listeners. I have a query. I have a request for anyone out there who's a musical person, who's a jingle creator, a later, Create us a jingle for the perfect ending, would you? How about it? So, so not new level by future.
2: Uh, correct. We will not do that. Spencer, what, what's what's today's perfect ending? Well, Zach came up with the question. Well, actually, we had a, a, a tweet come up with the, somebody came up with the with the question for the perfect ending. And I'm going to extend it a little more than even what you guys asked, asked Nikki earlier in the show. I want top three appetizers, like your top three, three, two, one. I want to hear your top three appetizers when you go to restaurants. I have mine. Just easily in
1: in my mind, I'm ready,
2: but
0: but right, I'm, I'm going to go last. Lead us, Oh, captain,
2: my captain. Are, are, are we going us.
1: three? Number three option, then number two, and then number one. Yes. All right, all right. Zach, go ahead. You start. You're starting. I thought we were going to have okay. you start off to kick, kick it off. Yeah. yeah. All right. Andrew, I guess I'll go. He, he didn't he make the suggestion we're supposed to compare it to an Ohio State player. Each That's so somebody Very else difficult. did somebody
2: (laughs) else there. I'm going to pass on that.
1: I'm going to pass on that part. I'm just going to do my top three.
2: All right. Number three, my number three appetizer, this is kind of a newer appetizer for me. I didn't think I really liked these. Now I've been just ordering them and and they're delicious. If you put a basket of fried pickles in front of me, I'm probably going to eat the whole thing. Number two, if you put chips and guac in front of me, you're lucky if you get a chip, if you're sitting at the table with me, because I'm a big scoop guy instead of a dip guy and so the guac on the chip if you have a sturdy chip that'll hold a lot of guac I'm, you're gonna spencer loves the scoop
1: so so here's here's the here's the problem with chips and guac or chips and salsa because i spoiler alert chips and salsa is going to be on mine it's just i I, you get to the restaurant you're so hungry you're starving if you're going over to local cantina wherever you're going to get get your tacos you, you just eat you just eat well i'm trying to make a play here so you eat two baskets of chips and salsa and chips and guac, and then it's like, all right, well, I, I, got I guess I don't have to eat anything else after this because they're so addicting. It's like Pringles well, and popcorn in a movie theater. Well, that's the
2: beauty of it. Number one, um, well, I'm not going to have a drum roll. I'm not going to ask for a drum roll. The number one appetizer, and it's not particularly close, is a big soft pretzel with beer cheese. Like if you, if you think it's something else, you're wrong.
1: Strong, strong finish there, Chives. Zach, let's hear yours. That's a perfect ending. So, all right. Number three is chips and salsa. I, I think we we talked about chips and guac and chips and salsa enough. I don't have to keep keep uh, keep hammering that home. Number two, mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. which we again, we're we're going with things that are getting dipped. I mean, marinara sauce or didn't you? Was it Berm that brought up the at Larrman Live? Uh, I just friend, see think I, Ranch is like disgusting. Okay, I, it is disgusting. I,
2: I like it, but I I prefer marinara. But I'm also a scooper of that because I I don't like just a little bit of sauce on it. So like sometimes I'll run out of marinara, and then you got to
1: go to the ranch, and I'm cool with that. All right, and number number one, I was thinking about the the Ohio State comparisons. My number one favorite appetizer of all time are back. So backstory: when we were. At my college, Illinois State, at my dining hall—shout out Tri Towers—at my dining hall they had these mini tacos that were only available like every two or three two or three weeks. Right, it was rare that they would actually it would actually show up. So I'm going specific; those mini tacos from Tri Towers Dining Center, and that if I'm going in comparison, that's Travion Henderson
2: because uh-huh. they were so
1: rare. They were so rare, but every time you got them, you knew they were going to be special. And Trevion Anderson is a rare guy that you know it does not come along very often, but he's special. Because those special, those special running backs don't often disappoint.
0: As long as they stay healthy, they, they almost always uh, you know, make, make a splash. Um, I want to ask a question because you guys know by now I can't just do anything without making it something else. If I said fried mac and cheese, cheese curds, and fried and mozzarella sticks, are those three appetizers or one? Because they're all just fried cheese variants.
2: Just say fried cheese, Berm. I'm cool with you just going fried cheese in any form because, you know, I'm a guy who likes Okay. Food. Well, then, I, fried then, I, then I'm,
0: spo- I'm spoiling the ending here then, uh, but fried cheese is certainly number one uh, for me. A- any variant of fried cheese is the, the best option. Cheese curds, white cheddar cheese curds from like somewhere in Wisconsin. Forget about it. Uh, mozzarella sticks anywhere as long as they're actually you know fried correctly and they're actually cooked. Forget about it. Uh, fried mac and cheese bites. Best thing that's ever happened anywhere. Um, number three, I'm going with the soft pretzel. Spencer, kudos to you for for bringing that into the into the mix. Number two is potato skins. So, oh.
2: Yeah, there we go. Finishing strong, Berm. I like it. Everyone
0: loves taters in all of their forms.
2: Berm, I believe this is our first ever hour talking stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to we're gonna draw Bad. some ire from people about that. But hey, whatever. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's been fun. Spencer Holbrook, Zach Carpenter, Nikki Chavanel from M3 Sports joined us. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff presented by Byers Auto. Please head over to lettermanrow.com. And uh, continue the conversation with us there. And uh, if you have questions, like I said at the beginning of the show, about On3 Sports, about our role with them, don't hesitate to ask. Thanks for watching.